Politics, Policy and Reforms, India After the Lockdown, in conversation with Raj Kamal Jha, Editor-in-Chief, Indian Express, August 2020. We are in the midst of a changing world order. It is not bullets and bombs, but a tiny deadly virus that is driving change. Notwithstanding the burden of its high population density, India has fared relatively well in mitigating the impact of an unprecedented health and economic crisis. At a recent webinar of the India CEO and CFO forums, Raj Kamal Jha, Editor-in-Chief of Indian Express, shared his perspective on the on-ground situation with relation to COVID-19 and the political and economic landscape that lies ahead for India. The pandemic continues to rage. By imposing an early full-scale lockdown, India had aimed not only to flatten the curve, but also to buy time to ramp up its health services and testing capabilities. The second goal has largely been met, but a recent deluge of infections signals a late peak in cases and ultimately a longer path to absolute recovery. What India could see is a series of waves. Their crests and troughs may be lower and lower, but given the scale and size, it will be a long haul before the disease is controlled. Beyond a point, it was hard to sustain a prolonged lockdown, economically, socially, and psychologically. As roads, parks, construction sites, and markets started filling up and migrant workers returned home, the number of cases crossed 2 million earlier this month. Almost certainly, many more people have been infected but are asymptomatic. The sheer logic of mathematics dictates that India may soon have more COVID cases than any other country. The silver lining. On the bright side, India's case fatality rate, or CFR, is amongst the lowest in the world at 2.07%, compared to a global average of just under 4%. The disease is also now better understood than it was a few months ago, such as the effectiveness of early oxygen and steroid use, allowing more deaths to be prevented. Further, there is a view that, with a population of 800 million below the age of 35, many Indians will either not catch the disease or will show only mild symptoms. Though given India's population, the absolute numbers will still be very large. Most promisingly, the results of the Phase 1 and 2 and first reports from Phase 3 clinical trials strongly indicate that a breakthrough on an effective vaccine will most likely be reported by the end of this year, or latest by next summer. Thus, it is safe to assume that the cloud hanging over the world today will eventually pass. Of course, the logistics of vaccinating populations across the world means that pre-COVID normalcy will arrive later rather than sooner. Governance amidst crisis. The scale and impact of COVID-19 has undermined people's faith in governments worldwide. In contrast, for several reasons, the NDA seems more politically secure in the last few months, and the Prime Minister's popularity has not been dented as that of some of his counterparts. From the beginning, there was good political communication at the highest level, with the PM flagging the risks in no uncertain terms. International tourism and flights were banned early on. Although the economic ramifications of the lockdown are hurting, many consider it a small price to pay for what might have been utter doom and gloom. The sporadic protests over the Citizenship Amendment Act early this year, which were threatening to gather momentum, had to be called off in the wake of the lockdown. The abrogation last August of Article 370, which granted a special status to Jammu and Kashmir, earned the government an upper hand and almost across the board support from the opposition. More recently, the Ayodhya Temple verdict helps reinforce the view that under Mr. Modi, the NDA delivers on its promises. Finally, the opposition was already weak before the crisis hit, but in recent months, there's been a further shrinking of opposition voices. The courts are pushing back less than they have in the past, and large sections of the media have abdicated their role. Even corporate India has been less than vocal, unwilling to speak its mind. Regrettably, this keeps the discourse bland, predictable and official, at a time when governance needs all the ideas it can get. At another level, by reinforcing the need for coordination and interdependence, the entire pandemic management process has helped reduce center-state tensions. 
States have turned to the center for guidance and are learning containment models from each other. Economic policy imperatives. So far, the NDA has mostly leveraged the goodwill and political capital it enjoys for what might be regarded as ideological purposes. However, it fully realizes that for the next four years, the economy will be its main challenge and therefore the key area of focus. While putting together the 20 trillion rupee stimulus package, that is nearly 10% of GDP, which was announced in May, it was under tremendous pressure to follow the UK and US in pump priming on massive scale. However, the cabinet finally opted for a more conservative approach, guided by several factors. First, Mr. Modi's record shows that he is not convinced that the government is a very efficient spender. He has followed a path of fiscal discipline, even tight-fistedness. Second, Given an already dire fiscal situation, the government's hands were mostly tied, leaving it little wiggle room to ramp up spending. On current trends, the center's deficit this year will surge to 13 or to 16.1 trillion rupees, well above the budgeted level of 8 trillion rupees. Third, while COVID is better understood now than it was in January or February, there are still many unknowns. No one can say for certain how long it will take to find a cure and how effective it would be. Realizing that it was flying in the dark, the government decided that it needed to keep at least some of its powder dry in case things worsen. Fourth, it calculated that, whether it takes a year or two, this crisis will pass. When it does, foreign investors will buy into economies that have managed to keep their house in order. By signaling to the world that India is fiscally responsible to the point of austerity, it hopes to bring in large investments. Finally, it hopes to mitigate some amount of damage to the poor through targeted spends. To this end, it is relying on the JAM or Jan Dhan Aadhaar mobile system it has built up over the years and on higher allocations to the MGNREGA. Looking ahead, any further stimulus measures will probably hinge on the June quarter and GDP numbers, which are due at the end of this month. The government will also need to devote significant monetary and human resources to set up the logistics for distributing the COVID-19 vaccine whenever it arrives. Separately, indications are that the government will prioritize disinvestment though market conditions are currently not ideal, and merging PSU banks and or opening them up to greater competition. What may not receive as much attention is issues around land reforms, which is mainly a state subject and which would require a stronger centre-state understanding. The push for a self-reliant India. One issue that has received great attention in recent months is the Atmanirbhar Bharat Abhiyan, or self-reliant India push. Contrary to appearances, it is neither protectionist nor anti-globalisation in nature. Rather than import substitution, what it aims to achieve is a stronger domestic manufacturing base. It also reflects Mr. Modi's strong belief that the future will be about entrepreneurship, as opposed to giant corporations, and will be led by India's favorable demographics. The domestic manufacturing of arms and ammunition will be a big part of this initiative. Already it has started to show results, including a nascent personal protective equipment, or PPE, industry that has sprouted up over the last few months and Reliance Geo's Made in India 5G network, which was announced last month. However, it cannot be a short-term plan, but one that hinges on capacity building and investments in education, health, and physical infrastructure. Watch out for China and America. China remains a big X factor. There has been some thaw in Galvan, but tensions persist in Depsang and Pangong So. The winter months will allow India and China to kick the can down the road, but the LAC will remain an issue. There have been positive signals from both sides, but so deep is the current distrust that it will take time and considerable work to achieve a breakthrough. Conversely, one misadventure and it could all unravel. The U.S. elections are another variable, but the India-U.S. relationship is at a level where a Biden ticket may not be as disruptive as some think. Mr. Biden is a known quantity in India, 
and on China, there is little difference between the Republicans and the Democrats. That said, U.S. domestic politics, and particularly the social ferment that is taking place there, including shifting attitudes towards immigration, is something that should be carefully watched.